The following audio is from Foundation Life Bible Church. More information about Foundation Life is available at www.foundationlbc.com. Good morning, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Good morning to all of you watching. I'll tell you, it is such a joy to come together on Sunday. And as I've thought about this week, just being mindful of the Lord, I think right now it's much easier to be mindful of the Lord because we have each of us in unity singing to the Lord, thinking about those words, taking in those truths, and it just flows out of us. And so this is a reminder of what the word does in us when it rises to the top, when it comes out of us, that it gives us that freedom that we just sang about, that it gives us that joy, that it reminds us of the powerful God that we serve and that the cross is true. Amen? So today is Prayer Sunday, and we have the privilege this morning, as we do every month, to come together in prayer. And I just want to put Alex Brown on your heart. Um, He's our missionary from Cambodia. Um, He came and spoke with us, and um, our mission team came together in one accord in unity and decided that he would be a missionary that we supported. Um, But for a while now, um, they have been under lockdown because of COVID. And so that lockdown has just been lifted. So praise God for that. So he's praying that that would continue. And now those opportunities would come together. Does everybody have their sheet? Got your sheet, everybody? Does anybody not have a sheet? Might need a sheet? Get Jeff a sheet, guys. Is there an extra one back there? Okay, great. All right, let's make sure we get that. Okay, so we're going to come together and pray for about 10 minutes, and we're going to try to pray together at tables again. Okay? Now, if you're not comfortable with that, that's okay. But if you are, I want to encourage us to do that, that we'll come together um, in a group and just pray together, um, which is one of the great privileges that we have. But he's learned the language, which is really cool. So he can share the gospel in the language. And remember, uh, I, don't, I don't think we've shared this, but he's courting a young lady from there, right? That, are they engaged yet? No. Okay. Courting. They're courting, which is great. He's met a young lady in the Lord, and they're doing ministry together. And I think she comes back soon, but you'll see all of that on there. But open up to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. And as our sister just did, I'm going to open us up with a little more prayer just to acknowledge the Lord together. So Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for each here. We thank you for all that are joining us, Lord, um, in their living rooms. And we pray right now that your spirit would be at work. We pray right now that as we're just going to look at it a little bit in your word, Lord, that you would fill us with with the knowledge of your will. And God, that you would do that by your spirit through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's what we need today, Lord. Father, we know that you're the one that's worthy. Jesus is the one to be lifted up and praised and adored. So we just ask that you get our hearts in that place to receive what you would have for us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Colossians chapter 1, let's go ahead and read that together. Um, You'll notice we do have um, up here behind us the notes and over here the scriptures. Thank you, Conrad. Um, But where we're going today is where we've gone many times. 
We went there in Ephesians. We've gone there in 1 Thessalonians. We went there in Malachi. We went there in Jonah. This is a theme that is key over and over and over in the Bible. This is nothing new, but the prayer is that we'd walk in it. And that is that Paul prayed that we'd be filled with the truth. He prayed that you and I would be filled with the truth and then we would walk in that truth. We would obey that truth. We would practice that truth. That truth would become a part of who we are. And you'll see the scriptures as well. But let's go ahead and read this together. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So the first part of this prayer, we see that Paul is saying, here's what I'm praying for. I pray that you'd be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. I pray that that be through the spirit, through wisdom and understanding. You'd know how to practice that. And he says, I pray you bear fruit. I pray that you'd glorify God in your lives. And then he says, now, and don't forget, here's your identity. Here's who you are in the Lord. Here's what you have in the Lord. So walk in that joy. Remember who you are. So remember last week, Paul broke out in prayer because, and we talked about how many times we pray, we pray because we have a need. Nothing wrong with that. But that if that's the only way, reason we pray or the only way that we approach the throne of grace, that our prayer life isn't wrong, it's incomplete. And so the Lord would say here today, look at Paul's example. And Paul's example was, I'm encouraged of your faith by your faith in God. I'm encouraged by your love for each other. And I'm encouraged that you're holding on to that anchor, that hope that you're persevering and enduring and the fact that you know that you'll be with Jesus. You know that you'll live with him. You know that eternity is yours. And so that's why I'm beginning to pray for you. That's why I stop and praying right now. I'm praying you continue in that. And remember, we, we took a significant amount of time to look at his words because I think these are words that we've read, but sometimes we've read over and these are words that maybe we don't quite understand. And those words are, we have not ceased to pray for you. So we asked a couple questions here. How did Paul get to the place of continual prayer? How did he come to a place of saying, okay, no matter what I'm doing, whether persecuted, whether in a new town, I'm acknowledging God. I'm thinking of God. And so we called it this. He was mindful. He was mindful of the Lord whenever possible. He practiced this. And so we came away with this idea. And this is so true. Prayer is a practiced mindset. Being mindful of the Lord is a practiced mindset. And so then here comes the question. How do you and I get there? How do we get there? We know this is God's will for us. This command is throughout the scripture. 
So how do you and I get to the place of praying on a regular basis? How do we get to a place of being mindful of the Lord on a regular basis, acknowledging the Lord? So let's do a little Monday morning quarterback. For you that don't understand what I mean there, basically, let's evaluate. Let's think about how did your last week go? Did you acknowledge the Lord? Did you invite him in to what you were doing? Did you say, Lord, I know that you're with me? Did you practice being mindful, doing the monotonous things of life? Did you walk into work and say, Lord, it's you that's given me my coworkers? It's you, God, that's given me the means to make a living? It's you, Lord, that brought customers here today? What about with your family? Did you thank the Lord that you got to play with your kids? You got to watch them in activities this week? Did you acknowledge the Lord with the people around you that he crossed, past, crossed you past with? How did we do? Did we visualize him with us? And here's what we have to understand. And kids, we talked about this this morning because you were given the same challenge. The battle is real. That's right. The struggle is real. This is an everyday battle for us. Because who am I normally thinking about? Thinking about me. Thinking about what I want to do. But God desires, just like Proverbs 3, 3, 5 through 6 says, I invented a number there, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on what? Your own understanding, your natural mind, which is what we have a tendency to do, but in all your ways do what? Acknowledge Him. Say, Lord, you're with me. I'm yours. And He will direct our path. That's a battle for me. That's a struggle for me to acknowledge the Lord like I should. And I think it will be until I'm with the Lord in glory. How about for you? It's difficult, isn't it? It's very difficult. And so here's the most important part. I can practice these things. I can have the greatest intention in these things. But the truth is that it's the work of the Spirit. God has to do it in me. It's grace. It's Him. It's the Lord living His life in and through me. So as, as Timothy, as Paul wrote to Timothy, you've got to do everything you can to get the field ready. But it's God that has to make it rain. It's God that has to make it grow. That's what we have to understand. We do our part and we know God will do his. It's grace. It's always grace. So let's, let's jump in here to Colossians 1, 9 uh, through 14. And just look at nine here and think about what we just talked of in light of that. But Paul prayed that they would be filled. So what's he say in verse nine? Look at the second part. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now I'm going to go off on a rabbit trail here in the words of a former pastor, but I just can't help it because I just got fired up about this. So here we go. Okay. Chuck E. Cheese. Remember going there as a kid? Or maybe it was Showbiz Pizza. Who remembers? 
Parents, you remember, right? When you, mom and dad, you remember taking me to showbiz? Billy Bob, the guy with the, all right, never mind. Okay, but anyway, here's what I remember about Chuck E. Cheese, the ball pit. Do they still have the ball pit? Okay, they banned the ball pit. I, I thought they might have. Okay, so the ball pit. What went on in the ball pit? Chaos. Insanity, right? So you had older kids jumping off the side of the ball pit into the balls, practicing their WWF moves on the little ones, right? And the parents are outside and that, you having fun, honey? Why the, why the kids are struggling to get to the side, going under the balls, survival of the fittest. It was crazy in there. And not only that, but remember they were throwing the balls and trying to pelt them at your head. There were no rules. There was no, you can't throw the balls. There was no, you can't jump off the side. And there was no, oh no, we got to get that kid out. No, it was every kid for himself. But you remember those balls? That was, that was something else. That was the way we grew up. That's how we learned the world was hard because there were some mean kids in that ball pit, wasn't there? Do you guys remember that? Am I the only one? I was the kid that was always just fighting to get to the side. And mom and dad oblivious. You having a good time, honey? Just fighting for my life, right? Chuck E. Cheese, showbiz pizza, good, good stuff, good stuff. Okay, so I didn't need to tell you that, but I wanted to because I wanted you to remember with me because I thought you would, okay? But when, when Ryan was little, she got a mess of those balls. Remember the balls, the plastic balls? She got about 100 of those balls. And Mel and I would spend every day cleaning those up. She would dump them on the floor, and they'd be under every couch, behind every TV, like everywhere. We did nothing but clean up those balls for two years, okay? And here's the thing about those balls. They came in a plastic container, right? But the balls only fit in there the first time we opened them for a birthday. So you can never get all the balls in. And we would put the balls in, and then three balls wouldn't fit. And we tried to push, we tried to sit on it, whatever it was. But if you push one in, guess what happened? One popped out. There was no more room. It was filled. There was no more room for anything else because the container was filled. That's what Paul is praying here. He's praying that you and I, and Mel brought this out this week when we were talking about, that you and I would be so filled with the knowledge of God's will that we'd be so filled with the truth. We'd be so filled with this like we are this morning as we just sang about it and we read, read it. He's saying, I pray that you would be so filled with the word and so filled with the truth that there'd be room for nothing else. That's what he's saying. And we relive that again and again. And this is what we're shooting for. This is the process of sanctification. This is you and me being made like Jesus. This is the key to our life, that we would be filled with the truth. And that truth would lead us to be filled with Jesus, to know Jesus, to, to know more and more of his character, to understand more and more what these commands are, who he is. And that's what Paul is praying here, that we would be aligned with God's will, that we would be filled with God's will, and that's how he was a person of regular prayer. But we have to understand one truth, and this is true for all of us. Jesus invites us to take his yoke, and we're pressing on to take that yoke. But the battle to be here is real. The struggle is real for all of us. The struggle to pray continually 
is real. The struggle to fill myself with the truth is real. And as Richard pointed out this week when we talked about this in our small group, the most of the time to get to that truth for my, for my bag of balls, okay? Maybe that's not a great analogy. But anyway, to get to the truth, we've got to go through the world, don't we? Because the sum of my bag has the world in it. So to get down to that truth, I've got to go through the world. And I've got to be honest about that. I've got to go through my desires. I've got to go through my selfish tendencies. But Paul's praying, because of your faith in God and because you love each other, I'm praying that this would grow, that the truth would become a part of you in a way that you don't understand right now. But I want you to get there. And that's what God wants for us. That's where joy is for us. That's where freedom is for us. That's where glory is for God in our lives, is that we'd be filled with that. And so that's what he's praying here. So he says, it means to have a deep, insatiable desire for the word. Ezra, you talked about this morning how the Lord's been giving you a desire for God's word. That's the Spirit's work. And that gets us that are in your life so excited. Because that's what we're praying for all of us. That's what we want. And that desire is there, and that desire goes away. And that desire is there, and that desire goes away. It's a battle, but I have a part. You have a part. It takes planning. It takes us figuring out with God what this looks like. So then it's the word and not the world. We have to be careful. Those words are very close. Word, not world with an L. Because we can be filled with the world. We want to be filled with the word. The word the truth, who God is. And we have to be honest about that. Whether we're watching from our living rooms right now or whether we're together, gathered in this room, this is hard. This is very, very difficult. And it will be. And usually what happens is we'll get in our natural mind and there'll be something that keeps us from doing this, okay? So we have two things fighting against us when it comes to this, when it comes to not only knowing the truth and filling myself with the truth, but then walking in the truth, obeying the truth, practically living it out. And here's the two things we battle. We battle the kingdom of darkness. But it's not just that. It's not always the devil made me do it, right? It's not only that was Satan, but I also battle flesh. I also battle my natural mind. I also battle those selfish tendencies to fulfill the desires of the flesh. I have to understand that about myself. It's true. It's true. And so what happens here? The kingdom of darkness attacks the believer in this way. Lies. Jesus said the truth would set us free, but lies put us in bondage. So our mindset, making us believe something about God that's not true. Thinking scripture says something that it does not. From the very beginning, the devil has twisted God's words. He's going to do the exact same thing when it comes to our lives. Twist the word. Plant a lie. And you know what my flesh will do with that lie? It'll eat it up. 
My natural mind will eat up that lie, especially if it puts me on a pedestal, especially if it feeds my proud heart, if it, if it, if it relates to a desire that I have, something that appeals to my flesh. But here's just a couple ways that this can fall along to one extreme or the other when it comes to these lies. So one lie the devil might use, or the darkness might use, that I would up, is he tells me that I'm Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful, right? That I've got it all together. That I'm, that, 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 that I'm just, I'm figuring this thing out, okay? That's one lie. And the other one is one that we often fall, often fall under at all, and that's this. I am not worthy of the riches that are mine in Christ Jesus. I've gone too far. The gospel can't be for me. So those are kind of the two extremes, and there's many things that fall in between that, but it all boils around those lies. And you know what both those things are? Both those things are pride. Both those things are pride because we know what Jesus said. We know what his finished work means. And remember, Paul is going to address throughout this book two main themes, attacks on the person of Christ and attacks on the work of Christ. Attacks on the character of who the Lord is, who, who he was, what he did, and then also what that means for you and I, the gospel. The gospel being true. But he's praying that they would be filled. So there should be a balance in my life when I look at it honestly. There should be an awe and a fear of the Lord. But there should also be a resting in his mercy and the grace that he's freely given. So there's two things going on here. And saved men and women understand that they've been pardoned. They understand that truth. So this morning, as we gather together, we get in the truth together, we pray together, we sing together. That comes out of us. Like, yes, that's true. But we have to watch because this week, along our path, along the road, there's going to be these lies. There's going to be these, these bumps in the road. What do you call it? What's the word? The bump in the road. That's speed bump. My goodness. Okay. The speed bumps throughout our life, right? On that road. And that's what it is. Why? Because that's what my natural mind does. That's what the flesh does. That's what the natural man does. And so we have to understand that it's not going away. Aren't there times in your life where you get a seat at the table because of who you know? Yes? Are there times in your life where you've gotten a job because of who you know? You've gotten an opportunity because of who you know. I can tell you the majority of my life that has been the case. Most of the jobs that I have is because I knew someone and they knew someone, right? It's networking. Well, in the same way, we have to understand as there's a fear and an awe of the Lord and also the truth of sitting under his mercy that only Christ brings something to the table. The only reason I get to sit at the table is because Jesus has done. It's his blood. It's his mercy. It's his forgiveness. It's his work. 
And that's the only reason I have a, ta I have a seat at the table. Because of who I know. Because of who I belong to. Because of my Heavenly Father. But if you and I take an interest in something, it flows out of us. This is what's behind what Paul's praying. I'm praying that you would be so filled that the truth would fill out of you. That you wouldn't be able to help but to talk about who Jesus is in your life. And it wouldn't be rote, but it would be like, let me tell you who the Lord has been this week. Let me tell you how he's delivered me. Let me tell you, him and I really, I really struggled with this this week. But you're talking about the Lord. You're talking about the Lord because you're filled with him and it's coming out of you. It's a natural thing. It flows out of you. Jesus said words along these lines in Luke 6.45. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. Here it is. For out of the abundance of the heart... His mouth speaks. So here, let's just ask some honest questions right now. Maybe write down what your answers are so you can revisit this. What am I filled with, filled with? What do I devote my time to? What do I find myself thinking about most often? Paul prays that that would be the truth. What naturally flows out of me an everyday conversation. And for me, it fluctuates. Does it fluctuate for you? It's the world. It's the Lord. It's the world. It's the truth. It's the little word, a little truth. Would you say that that's how it works for you? That's how it works for me. So let's, let's, let's be honest about that. And a hunger for his word, a desire for his word, and we're going to revisit this again and again, leads to a hunger of knowing him. So Paul prays that this knowledge that fills them, it would result in experience with God. It would result in knowing God. It would be relationship. It would be intimate. That's what he's after here. A knowledge that results in interaction. That's how he's able to say, I haven't ceased to pray for you. I haven't stopped praying for you because of that experiential knowledge there. Because I know the Lord. I know the Lord. I know his word. I know his promises. Just think about it. When you're in a rough place in your life, what changes that? Either you get in the word yourself and the truth, the promises of God, they fill you, they become a part of you, and like, okay, it's okay. What we just sang about, no fear has to overtake me because these promises are true, because of who my God is, because I've been washed, because I'm His, right? So Paul prays that it would be an experiential knowledge that they would that they would know the lord because they're so filled with him and here's what we have to understand about our relationship with the lord it's fluid it's always growing it never stays in the same spot we have to ask ourselves where are we right now are we seeing ourselves changing are we seeing a desire for more of the lord 
And I'm not saying you're ever going to have the S across your chest, super Christian. But what we have to be honest about is, is where we're at. Because God works where we confess. God works where we're vulnerable. God works where we're transparent. God wants that relationship, just like you want that relationship with your kid. Jen and I were just talking about, we want our kids to be able to approach us and say, Mom, I messed up, but I need you. It's the same way for us. Father, I messed up, but I need you. That's what he wants us to be. And that's what the cross did. It's confession. I messed up. I need to get back in the truth. My relationship with the Lord is fluid, and it should always be growing. What a privilege the cross has afforded me and you. Will we take advantage of what God has provided? How is he speaking to you this morning on this? Again, we ask the question, what is he asking us to do? And then Paul prayed, not only would they be filled with the truth, but they would walk in the truth. In Ephesians, he calls it walking in wisdom. Walking in the light. That's what we see. Paul prayed that because the word permeates you, because it becomes a part of you, that the word would control you. Is your heart's desire, brothers and sisters, that by the Spirit of God, as Chris taught you kids this morning, by the Spirit of God, the Counselor, the one that leads us into all truth, by the Holy Spirit, that the truth would control you? Do you desire that the truth of God's Word would control you? Do you want that? Man, I want to get there. I'm taking that yoke, but I'm also realizing who I am, they would understand the meaning of the truth. I pray that you would understand the meaning of it, that, that the wisdom and understanding that you would know what this means. As Jeff taught a few weeks back as we had our little interaction together, you and I have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. You have the teacher living in you, the spirit showing you as you're in the word what this means. And then Paul prays, I pray that you'd walk in wisdom. I pray that the Spirit would help you walk in wisdom, meaning that you would know how to apply it. You would understand not only what the Word said, but how do you apply it to your situation? How do you live out the Word in your circumstance? Is that an ongoing process? Is that something that ever ends? Does anybody get that right all the time? No, but what do we do? We step out in faith. It's alive. I step out in faith. I'm saying, Lord, okay, here's what your word says. Here's what I believe that you want me to do. And we just continue to take his yoke. Take my yoke. Not condemnation, but mercy. I fall off the horse. I get back on. I fall off the horse. I get back on. Do you remember what Jeff said a few weeks back when he said what our sins should do? It should, it, should, it should bring us to a place of confession and then it should lead us to the Lord. It should lead us to the Lord. But there's that lie that Satan will plant. You're not worthy. You've messed this up too many times. But the gospel's true. Jesus said it's finished. So we can continue 
to come before him and continue to trust him to change us, continue to ask him to give us victory in those areas of our life, and we play a big part in each other's lives. A big part in each other's lives. But we step out on faith. I'm mindful of him. I practice being mindful of him. I'm thinking of him again and again. So for me, when I'm in the Word, this is what this looks like. Anytime I approach a scripture, I ask four questions of it. You don't have to do this. I'm just sharing with you what I do. But when I get in the Word, and I'm initially in, in, in the truth, wherever I'm at, I ask four questions. Who is God in this? What can I learn about His character? What is God doing? I know that's a lot more questions under one. See it kind of as an outline, okay? And then the, the, the second thing I ask. Who does this scripture say I was before grace? Who does this scripture say, what, what sins does this scripture say I walked in before Jesus rescued me? Before the gospel became alive in me? So who was I before Christ? Third question, what is my identity? What does this say? What promises are mine? How does this define me? Who does God say that I am because I'm in Christ Jesus? And then the fourth thing. Kids, what is it? Who can tell us? Kids, I'm putting you on the spot right now. What is it? What's the fourth thing we look for? Come on, somebody. What? Oh, I like that, Riker, and you weren't in the class. But that's, 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 the, that's the answer, isn't it? What's the fourth thing? Come on. Nails, Ryan, Lacey. What's the fourth thing we ask? Nope, but good try. Nope, that's the third thing. What's the fourth thing? Xavier, do you remember? How do I obey? What is this asking me to do? Ezra, yes. That's right. What is this passage asking of me? What is application? How do I respond? Right? How do I walk in this? That's what Paul's praying, that you would apply it, that this would be practical. So again, let's ask ourselves the question. When we're in the scriptures, are we asking God to show us our part? What steps are you asking me to, to, to take? What is the practical? How are you calling me to respond? So here's a scripture that's jam-packed with truth. Let's practice. What is this asking of us? Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Also the scriptures we went to this morning during, during singing time. Ephesians. During, during, we, read, we read Ephesians 5, like three, I think six verses that asked us many things. But here's another one. Rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4, 4 through 7, if I didn't say that. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Ooh, look, Carly, there's that word, supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just look at all the things that that asked me to respond to because of who I am in Christ. That's what Paul often does in his epistle. He say, here is who you are, and now here 
is how you are to walk. Here is who you are. Now here's the practical, okay? So let's ask ourselves, are we growing in the knowledge of the Lord? Are we being filled with the knowledge of the truth? How am I taking, play, how am I taking steps to do that? How am I changing? Where am I seeing fruit? Am I responding to the word? Here's the big word. Am I growing in obedience to it? Am I growing in obedience to it? And again, fall off, I get back on. This is all under the mercy of God, taking his yoke. The epistle of James makes clear that understanding and applying the word is imperative for me and you. The Lord shows us what the word means. He shows us the meaning. He says, now here's key. Applying it to my situation. Applying it to where I'm at. Here's what it says, James 1, to 25. I know we've heard this many times, but let's listen to the words and take them in. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Paul's saying that you be filled with the truth and that you apply that truth in all wisdom and understanding. Now, we want to get to our time of prayer with Alex here, and I want to get, make sure we have 10 minutes to do that. But I believe there's one more thing that Paul has in the back of his mind that I just kind of want to point out that will be a theme throughout Colossians. And that is that keep in mind that much of Colossians was written to correct the heresies that were being taught around them. Okay? There was spreading concern, and Epaphras went to Paul because the the, the attacks were being made on the person of Christ and on the work of Christ. So Paul, when he prayed that they'd be filled with the knowledge of God's will, sometimes we ask the question, what is God's will? Well, we learn that through the truth and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He was praying against those heresies. He was praying against those lies. He was praying against those attacks on Jesus, against what people were saying about the gospel, that the Lord wasn't, in fact, God in human form, that he wasn't the God-man that was being attacked. So he prayed the truth would envelop them, that it would become a part of them, that it would consume them, that it would control them, that it would change them, and then that they would walk in that. This is such a powerful way for you and I to pray for one another. If you write in your Bibles, this is a great prayer to go to, that I could pray this for you, and you could pray this for me. And we know we're lining up with God's will when we pray this for each other. But what a powerful way to pray. And that's just a scratch in the surface of Paul's prayer. Okay? So would, would the Lord fill us with this truth 
Lead us to walk in that truth, obey that truth, and see the practicality of what that looks like in our lives. Okay. Thank you for listening to audio from Foundation Life Bible Church, located in Greenwood, Indiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Foundation Life Bible Church, please visit us online at www.foundationlbc.com.